listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. Today we have a special episode in recognition of Veterans Day. And we are talking with soldiers from the 1st Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division. Joining us is Captain Cody Shellman, Sergeant Gunnar Parsons, and Specialist Al-Sajad Alami. And I'm actually going to hand over the hosting microphone to General Michael X. Garrett, Forcecom Commanding General for this episode. Yeah, Ashley, thanks. And uh this is another wonderful opportunity, you know, for me to do what I enjoy doing more than anything else, and that's hanging out with uh, our soldiers. Uh, and today, you know, we got uh, three paratroopers from the 82nd Airborne Division, um, and as you listen to them, you're going to hear we got a lot in common. Uh, you know, everything from uh, you know how we grew up uh, to what's important to us. Uh, but what I'm really interested in hearing from this group today. Uh, are their experiences uh, in Afghanistan. Um, you know, they, they are part of the immediate response force. Um, you know, they, they deployed, and, uh, you know, I know that I'm interested uh, in, uh, you know, what they saw, what they did, and, and, and the impressions on them. You know, I think I've shared with uh, a lot of you before that um, all I know is the Army. You know, I was telling we were talking a little bit before we got started you know i was born in the army you know i was a kid in the army um, and uh, you know my dad served for 35 years we moved to a lot of different places um, and now i've been in the army in my 37th 37th uh, year uh, of service uh, and you know as i look back on my entire life because my entire life has been spent uh, in the service of this country there's absolutely nothing that I would change. Maybe I would change my grades. If I could go back and maybe have, if I could change my grades like in college, I'd probably go back and change a couple of those. Same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, but in terms of, uh, you know, my experiences in the Army, uh, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change the way I grew up, you know, down there. You guys have been down to uh, Lawson Army Airfield, right? Uh, the jump towers there at Fort Benning. You know that uh, housing area right down there? That's where I grew up. That's where I, I mean, I lived there for like 12 years. Lived in three different houses uh, in that area. And, uh, you know, that's why every time I go to Benning, you know, it's always always uh, a trip down memory lane when I get to drive around there. Uh, so we'll start with uh, uh, Specialist Alami, and I'm going to have you kind of tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us what you do in the Army. Um. I'm Special Salami, uh, born and raised in uh, Iraq. Uh, moved to the United States in 2015. Um, my dad was a uh, was a translator with the United States Army from 2004 all the way to 2011. Um, that was kind of my life, just um, going with my dad to every military base, and um, then we moved to the United States. And I'm currently assigned to. Bravo Company, 1544 1st Brigade, out of 82nd Airborne Division. Um, I'm a saw gunner, which uh, I machine uh, gunner with 1st uh, Squad. Um, yeah. So. What are your earliest memories, uh, Jay, of, you know, being in Iraq and then being with your, your, uh, your dad? I mean, I got this picture in my head of your father. I've never seen your father. 
but my guess is he looks a lot like you, maybe a little bit bigger and uh, more smaller, but, but he looks like you. But then I see you as a little bitty boy. What were those experiences like? Um, well, first, uh, my dad don't really look like me. He's a little darker than is me. He? Uh, yeah, which okay. is uh, which is crazy. But um, but definitely like being in Iraq, it's uh, it was a really good experience and really bad experience at the same time. Because um, um, since I was born until like I left Iraq, all what I've known is war and like all all type of bad things and. Um, in uh, Iraq, uh, but what made it uh, really easy for me to be in Iraq is uh, going with my dad to uh, to work with him every day. He used to take me with him every day to uh, be there and kind of be in a safe environment because when you're inside base, you're basically safe, and that's why he was like taking me with, with him every day because I was a little scared kid just live in Iraq. What about brothers and sisters? Um, I have two sisters. Uh, one of them is, uh, the youngest one is 11 and the oldest one is um, 18. And I have a brother who's uh, older than me. He's a dentist. He's 29 years old. He still lives in Iraq. He still lives in Iraq. He still lives in Iraq. Wow. And I'm engaged right now and my fiance still lives in Iraq. Oh, wow. Wow. We'll come, we're going to come back to that. <laughs> Sir. Gunner. Sir. Um, I'm Sergeant Parsons. I was born in Joint Base Andrews. I've kind of moved around a lot since then. I joined the Army in 2016. I've been in Italy, and now I'm here in Bravo Company 2501. I'm a team leader. Nice. But, uh, tell me about your family. Uh, so my sister's in the Army. My brother's in the Army. My little sister's in college right now, and my dad just got out of the Marine Corps earlier this year. The so, Marine Corps. Yeah. Nice. What do you think about you coming in? Well, you and your sister in the Army. What does he think about that? So my dad actually told all three of us to join the Army. He said there was way more opportunities for us to go out and be better than he was. And he, I, I personally think that he told the Marine Corps recruiters not to talk to me because none of them would. <laughs> every time I went, the door was closed. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, um, uh, do you ever wonder why? The military seems to be a family business. I mean, did, did you ever, you know, growing up, did you want to be, what did you want to be? What did you want to do? Honestly, sir, whenever, like, you know, as a kid, like, you grow up, you see your dad's Marine every day. You're like, oh, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up for sure. But then you kind of get to, like, you're about to graduate high school and everybody's talking about other jobs, but everybody I grew up around, also military kids, so they're all like, I went and talked to a recruiter today. Somebody else went and talked to a recruiter today. So you're like, this is the only thing that exists. There's no other jobs out there. This is exactly what I want to do, I guess. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, come, we're, we'll you know, we'll come back to that too because uh, you know it is it is not uncommon. You know, my sister uh, was in the army. Um, I'm in the army. Um, um, and and I asked my wife about. It. I said, you know, is it. Is that odd? She goes, no. She goes, if uh, if your dad was a dentist, you'd probably be a dentist. If he was a lawyer, you'd probably be a lawyer. <laughs> you know? uh, so maybe it's not, not that far. But what about you? Tell us about yourself. Yes, sir. Um, I grew up right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Who are you? I'm Captain Cody Chelman. Yeah, I'm Cody. The, uh, Brigade Public Affairs Officer for 1st Brigade, 82nd Airborne. Um, I've been in the Army uh, going on 15 and a half years. Originally enlisted in uh, 2006 in the Tennessee Army National Guard. Uh, and then when I made the decision to go to school, that's when both of my parents decided to retire. They didn't have to pay for me to go to college. So um, 
you know, like you and like Sergeant Parsons, it's growing up and watching them and being around the soldiers they worked for. You know, they were the people that I looked up to and, you know, looking at my mom and my dad and, and some of the people that are still serving there uh, within Tennessee. Um, I want to be like them. And that was my ultimate motivation of initially joining was seeing how they were and, and wanting to be like that. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, um, it, you know, it's an environment that, uh, you know, I'm very, very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in this environment. I mean, it's what we grew up with. Uh, it's kind of what we know. Um, um, and, and again, you know, uh, I just, Jay, I find your story just incredibly, you know, interesting and, and, uh, and compelling. I mean, um, you know, our new deputy commanding general uh, just left Iraq. Um, you know, he was the three-star uh, commander uh, over there. And, um, you know, to, to think about, you know, again, I get this picture in my head, you know, your dad, you know, I knew many, you know, of our uh, Iraqi partners uh, over there and uh, really, really brave, uh, really, really brave, um, you know, people and uh, really important people. I remember my uh, interpreter, uh, Ben uh, was his name. And, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting about, you know, the interpreters and, you know, you all can think about this, um, as we before we get into talking about Afghanistan, but you know I had to trust that guy implicitly, right? Because I really I didn't speak much Arabic, uh, other than being able to you know be polite, um, and you know I had to trust that this guy would would uh, you know communicate uh, exactly you know what I was asking him to do because I couldn't understand what he was saying and I couldn't understand you know what our uh, what uh, you know the people that we were talking to. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk or listen to you guys talk about today is is uh, is uh, service, um, and you know how do you feel about it? Again, everybody here has some tie uh, to the army. Uh, Gunner, when you think about you know service, you know, what does that what does that mean to you? Well, service to me, sir, is just you know you grew up and you watch your dad and you listen to your sister and all they talk about is being in the military and how they get to help people and you just think they're like man like I also want to go out and help people and knowing that I join an organization that is just solely does that that's all it means so when you how long have you been in the army now uh, about five and a half about years five and a half years so you're getting ready to, you're gonna be a staff sergeant here soon aren't you I hope so yeah um, um, so in the five and a half years, you know, that you have been in the Army uh, and then staying on this topic of service, um, you know, what stands out in your mind in terms of some of the things that you've done, uh, you know, that kind of define service for you? I don't want to give you a cliche answer, but I mean, going to Afghanistan was a big one. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, everybody yeah. joins the Army and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going now. I want to go to Afghanistan. So that was a big one. And just getting able to meet new people all the time and interact with different people and going out and just being in the field and just being dirty and cold and hot whenever it's hot. Yeah. What about you? It's everything. You know, I, um, I consider myself lucky to be in the position that I'm at and um, getting the opportunity to do two commands and be around the most amazing soldiers, you know, in, in the entire world is, um, 
you know, I'm thankful for them because, you know, to my first NCOs that I ever had, to young soldiers, like, they motivated me to be better because I wanted to be better for them. And, you know, growing up even with my mom and dad, they talked about every day they wanted to leave, you know, their their work area or their job or something a little bit better than the day before. And to be a part of this organization to where the positive influence that we do have, you know, not only here in the U.S. but across the world is definitely a driving factor in, in wanting to continue to doing what we do every day. What about you, Special Salami? Well, um, I got asked the same question by General McConville, um, and my answer was, uh, service mean to me, it's all about sacrifice, honor, family, and duty. And what I mean by sacrifice is willing to sacrifice yourself for the good of everyone else. Like me deploying to Afghanistan, I was one of the guys on the front line defense, and I was willing to sacrifice myself in, in order to save innocent life. Um, and it's, uh, it's definitely honor. Like um, I'm, I'm honoring myself, honoring my family, like seeing my, uh, my, my dad talking about me and how proud he he was, that made me made me really happy and um, and I made probably one of my best decisions joining the army. Yeah. Like, that was that was a big decision. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I mean, um, you know, uh, military parents. Uh, one, it's uh, it can be a tough life growing up. You know, moving around. Um, although, you know, the when I was growing up, we didn't move like we move today. I mean, we actually, I, I think we stayed at Fort Benning for like uh, 10 or 11 years. And what, what my dad did, he went to Vietnam a couple times. And you know what was interesting back then? The only time we lived off post in that 10, 11 years, the only time we lived off post is when my dad deployed. That was the only time we moved off post. We lived off post twice, and, and it was when, you know, my dad uh, uh, was, in, uh, was in Vietnam. But, you know, like you, uh, Special Salami, I mean, uh, as a son uh, of a, you know, Command Sergeant Major, um, you know, I've spent my whole life trying to, I think like most sons, you know, trying to please your dad. Uh, and, you know, I never, I never, uh, I mean, I think my father was proud of me, um, you know, growing up. I mean, he was certainly, he was certainly, uh, you know, I say very hard on me. He just had high expectations, uh, you know, for me. And uh, and he actually saw more in me than, you know, I saw in myself. And uh, I know that, you know, right now he's just incredibly – I think some days he's more surprised, uh, you know, than, than uh, you know, amazed that, you know, his son is uh, where he is. Um, what about your parents? How do, they, how do they feel about you all? Captain Chelman, how, how do your parents feel about you being in the Army? You know, it was something they, uh, they never really pushed Army service onto me. It was, you know, they will support you in whatever career decision you, you make. And looking from the time that I initially enlisted and, and going through MEPS and to where I am now, uh, my family was just up here visiting and uh, me and my dad were walking to the PX and somebody saluted me after work. and. And he just started laughing, and he, he goes, I, I could never imagine this ever happening. He's like, it's going through that, that initial enlistment to where you are now. He's, he just said it's, it's wild just to see the growth 
yeah. uh, over the last few years, and um, I love when they're here, so he gets to see that. And, yeah. uh, we're competitive, and uh, <laughs> I like to say that I, I've done more stuff than he did, even though I've been in uh, half the time that he did. So yeah. it's a good competitive family. Yeah, it's pretty neat. What about you, Sean Parsons? Your parents, uh, what what are they? So how do they feel about you know what you're doing? I think my dad's proud of me because my dad was a mortarman. You know, I joined to be an infantryman, and he went to jump school. It was really cool for me whenever I went to jump school, and I was like, okay, I got to do another thing that he did. But, you know, he tells me he's proud of me every day. He's cool because he gives me pointers, a lot of mentorship and everything. But like you said, though, I definitely feel like there's some days where he sees way more in me than I see in myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, uh, you know, the conversations that you're having with your dad, how does that help you? You know, because one of the, and I'll, I'll just give you a little bit more background. You know, one of the, you know, as I move around the Army and, um, you know, as we focus, we try to focus more on people, you know, what we really want to do is we want to connect our soldiers uh, with their leaders. Uh, and it's really, you know, you. You are the, you know, sort of Parsons, uh, you know, infantry team leader uh, is that first uh, you know, level of supervision uh, and oversight, you know, of our soldiers. And uh, it is so important uh, uh, to our Army and the health of our Army, you know, if the members of your team, you know, look up to Sergeant Parsons uh, and go, you know, that's somebody that I trust, that's somebody that leads me by example, that's somebody that I know truly cares about me. Um, what have you learned in your, in, in the job and and how has your dad helped you with some of those things? And I'd be interested, what kind of questions, you know, what have you gone back to your dad and say, hey, dad, what do you think about this? Oh, sir, I go back and ask my dad questions every single day. There's some days where it's like I get really frustrated and without, like, he gives me a better insight because I don't want to say he's like, he has my best interests at heart, but sometimes he tells me, he's like, hey, man, like, that's how that is or this is how this yeah. is and you need to look at it from a different point of view versus, like, you're just an E5, and, like, that's how most E5s are going to see that. But this is the bigger picture and why right. you need to do something differently or do it this way. And, you know, and it's, he's also, like, mentored me a lot. And especially, like, being out in Italy, I was brand new, and, I mean, life was seemingly really hard. And he was like, hey, man, like, you chose that job. It's been like that since I joined, <laughs> and it's going to continue to be like that, and you just got to eat it, and if you don't like it, get promoted. So... <laughs> Oh, that's neat. What about special salami? What what kind of you know what kind of advice do you get from your dad? I mean, your dad has seen more combat than all of us. He uh, so when I uh, when I joined the army, and he didn't really know I joined the army because I didn't tell him when I joined the army. I actually just went and did it, and then I just decided to tell him probably two days before my oh wow. basic training. Oh. Um, my mom didn't really accept it because. It was kind of new, but my dad was, uh, he, he, he was fine with it, and he prepared me uh, mentally. He was, like, talking to me and explained how uh, basic training is going to go. And I remember when I graduated AIT, I called him, and I was like, hey, I'm going to airborne school, and after airborne school, I'll go to my unit, and I heard it would be a lot easier. He was like, no, <laughs> it's not going to be a lot easier. It's going to be this and this and this. Just, uh, just keep your head in the game, do what he's supposed to do, and you'll be fine. And when I deployed to Afghanistan, when I was about to deploy to Afghanistan, he did the same thing. He called me and he talked to me and 
told me how it's gonna go and yeah he keep like calling me every time like something happened or something happened in my unit he calls me and talk to me and kind of help me with yeah. it who else do you all um having somebody that you can talk to uh, and having somebody that you can share, you know, your frustrations uh, and your concerns with is important, right? Uh, I know that um, I have, uh, you know, some very good, I mean, the other four-star generals in the Army uh, are people that I've known my whole career, uh, and I have very, 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 uh, have a very close relationship uh, with many of them, and, um, you know, if I ever get frustrated, uh, about something, you know, I can talk to them. I think my biggest, you know, the, the person who listens to me the most, uh, and quite honestly, the person that I listen to the most is probably my wife, though. You know, my wife's got a lot of experience, too. It's amazing. My wife knows everything. Um, but who All do you... Women do. They, right? oh, they, yeah, there we go. There we go. But who do you guys, who do you guys kind of, who do you guys kind of rely on? So when you get frustrated or... You know, and like you said, you know, there there are times where dad's a good person to talk to, but when dad's not the right person to talk to, who do you who do you rely on? Who do you talk to? Me personally, um, I'm divorced. So I don't really have a wife to talk to at the moment. So the only person that I would uh, talk to right now, if, if if it's not my dad, I would talk to my squad leader. He's a he's an amazing guy. He's like he helped me a lot, and. Um, He's been there like every time I need something, especially with my situation with my citizenship. He's like he's been he's been there for me. Yeah. Like um, so that's that's the person that I keep like um, talk to if I need anything. Your squad leader. My squad leader. So yeah, that's pretty work. good. Yeah. What about you, Gunner? I just talk to the other team leaders there. So, I mean, after PT, we'll sit in the car and we'll have a conversation for like an hour, and then we'll go shower after work. We'll sit and we'll talk. But it's nice to have him to soundboard ideas off of just to vent in the car because like there's some things that you just can't tell somebody else to they're just not going to understand or just yeah. not give you the reaction you want to just have <laughs> yeah yeah what about you Captain gentlemen so when it comes to <clears throat> my day-to-day -day job of doing public affairs and being so new into this career field um, my peer group that's here at Fort Bragg um, that have been doing this job for several years more than I have um, do my frustrations and, and trying to gain as much knowledge as I can from them. And outside of the career field, uh, previous boss, um, Lieutenant Colonel Boatwright, um, made a big impact on my life. And uh, he's usually my go-to if uh, family doesn't cut it. Um, <laughs> call my old boss and just yeah. uh, ask him what he would do. And uh, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, all of us, you know, myself included, we, always, we all have to have somebody that we can – you know, that we can confide in and, um, you know, help us when, when we need when we need somebody to talk to. You guys talked a little bit about, um, you know, your Afghanistan trip. Uh, what were some of the, just share with me a little bit about, you know, your experience uh, as part of that, that NEO mission. And, and I'll tell you from the Forcecom, you know, perspective, what this headquarters does for our Army uh, is generate uh, readiness and you know really what that means is we generate units just like the 82nd Airborne Division um, you know the brigade that was on the immediate uh, response force uh, and able to deploy that unit anywhere in the world 
uh, in you know a certain amount of time. Uh, and um, you know what I tell people, and I've been doing this like I said for 37 years. Uh, you, you can't, uh, you cannot fake that kind of readiness, right? I mean, you either have it or you don't. Um, but when I think about, you know, when I look at you all, you know, uh, you all are very young and you had your first, you know, combat experience. Uh, what was it like for you? Um, well, this is uh, basically not my first combat experience. I've had one before when I did my mandatory service with Iraq, uh. Iraqi Army. Um, but it was first experience to be outside of Iraq. Yeah. It was was really good experience and a really sad experience at the same time. Um, We landed, I was like one of the um, soldiers to land in in Ashkaya. So our first day was like probably one of the worst days there because we were just us and um, we were dealing with a lot. Um, But I... I had a low um, language knowledge, so I used it to talk to civilians. Um, um, yeah, then after that, we kind of moved on in the mission and it started like becoming a little easy. We got we got used to it. Um, but I was like, I was really proud to be there and be able to be one of the people that helped save a lot of innocent lives. Um, and I would never forget my time in Afghanistan. It was. What was the, I mean, so, you know, I'm, I'm a paratrooper. You know, I spent most of my time in airborne units. And uh, I know the feelings that I've had sitting in that airplane. And it didn't matter if I was jumping out of the airplane or air landing and walking off the ramp. Uh, there was always a little bit of trepidation uh, about, you know, what's it going to be like uh, when they open that ramp, how close is this going to be to you know the planning that we did? Uh, sir Parsons, what was what was it like for you? You know, sir, it was. You know, we get we just got told about it, and we were like, hey, we're leaving. Everybody packed their stuff. We got on the plane, and nobody knew what it was going to be like. And everybody has their idea of what Afghanistan's like. And we got there, and it was dark. So like, we all run, and it was not what we were expecting at all. They just said, hey, be flexible. This is where you're staying, and then. A couple hours later, they got us up, and they were like, hey, you guys are all going to the terminal. It was just being flexible every day and getting a new mission to go do something new every day. It was just interesting. How confident were you uh, in your own abilities and your fire team's uh, abilities to, to do the mission? I was very confident, no matter what it was. If we were going to go help people come out of somewhere, if we were going to shoot at other people, like whatever it was, we were going to take care of it. Yeah. And where does that confidence come from? Training preparation, you know, like at the end of the day, if anybody was like, hey, we need fires over there, I just know that everybody knows that they can shoot their gun. But training preparation, you know, back to conversations with my dad of like, hey, it'll be okay if you just don't freak out about it because it's not as serious <laughs> as. <laughs> yeah. Captain Chilman, what about you? You know, I think I have a little bit of a different take. You know, this is my first uh, airborne experience as being in this year. And, uh, so what's that been like? What's the difference between being in an airborne unit and around a bunch of paratroopers? And what unit were you in before? I spent the majority of my time uh, at Fort Campbell. Good. Um, my welcome to the Army was uh, in 1st Brigade 2327, no slack. And, um, 
you know, I thought that was the Army. You know, we were busy, and and then when I, I had the opportunity to come here and go to Airborne School earlier in the year, and here it's um, there really is nothing else like it. It's um, I don't know how to explain it. You know, I, I sit on the you know an airplane and I joke to myself, and I'm like, you know, we're all crazy for doing this, <laughs> but I like that type of person who's willing to sit there and just yeah. completely trust everything and, and jump out there. But when you talk about this mission in, in HKIA, um, I think unless you were there, you, don't, you can't really understand because it was unlike anything else. It's not like my time in Kunar. It was uh, really impressive to sit there and watch you know, what everybody did. And when you ask you know, Sergeant Parsons, uh, where to get the confidence, I, I think it's what I think I really love about the 82nd is from that day one, you know, the, the who we are, and just the, the history and the legacy that we get to be a part of um, is definitely not missed every day. And to sit there and be the ones to sit there and say, hey, this unit, we're trusted to go and answer this call, I think everybody puffs their chest out a little bit more than uh, anywhere else I've been. Yeah. You know, it's uh, – and, and we're, we're an interesting time in the Army uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but you know, readiness is what we do, right? And your your comment about you know your your time with paratroopers, you know what I tell people, I got I got a lot of jumps. I mean, twenty plus years I think on jump status. Uh, and you know what? I don't particularly care for jumping. Uh, but you know what I love? I love paratroopers. You know, I love being around people. Um, you know, that like to jump out of airplanes and and to do those things. Uh, you know. I don't know, you know, I don't know what other people think, but you know, I, I, you know, I don't skydive, I don't, you know, and I would never do anything like that. Um, but I tell you what, uh, I have, like I said, I've spent lots of years uh, in airborne units, and you know, you can ask my wife, you can even ask my dad. Uh, you know, I was one of those guys, you know, growing up Fourth of July at Fort Benning, one of those 250-foot towers uh, they would use for. The, the one closest to, you know, kind of the gas station up there, that thing's got these buddy these seats on it, right? And every 4th of July, you know, it was almost like a ride. And, you know, my sisters, they all did it. But you know what? I didn't. Uh, I was a scaredy cat. I wouldn't do it. Um, and so there is something about, you know, something about, uh, you know, the people that, you know, are around you. But, you know, we always talk about, you know, being ready and what it means to be ready. Um, you know, I know General Garrett's got, you know, I got my view of what being ready is. Uh, but Special Salami, what, is, what does being ready mean to you uh, in the job that you have now? It's, uh, it means have the ability to deploy and be anywhere in the world within 18 hours. That's, that's what they the second for, and we're trained for it. That's what happened with the Afghanistan deployment. Um, we got the call. We were on a plane within 18 hours. So what is so? What do you have to do to you know to maintain uh, you know that kind of readiness? And I'm really mean now. I'm so eat personally for yourself, uh, and then you know uh, inside of the unit. What does it take to be able to do that? Um, basically, for for myself, is just be ready, um, mentally, physically ready. Um, 
uh, prepare myself, have everything ready. Uh, for my unit, we do this type of exercise which um, every month, which we uh, we do some readiness exercise where we go somewhere and make sure like we do that we we execute a, some type of mission in 18 hours. So um, every month we have an airborne operation. We do seize or clear an airfield, and we have a time frame for it. It's like 18 hours, and we got to do this in 18 hours, and that's. We keep doing this so we can maintain this um, 18 hours readiness. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about, uh, you know, so about your chain of command, uh, who in your chain of command, uh, you know, is the most inspirational? And you talked about your squad leader. But as you think about your chain of command, I mean, who is that person that, you know, you'd follow? Again, you're following him now at the back of an aircraft. That would be Captain Keisher, my company commander. Um, he has a pretty good experience and serving with him in Afghanistan. Um, I was, you can say, really confident, not, not worried about something might happen because he was there, he was maintaining the situation and he was always there. He was in the front line, which he didn't really need to be in the front line. At the end of the day, he's a company commander, but he was there to make sure that we know what we're doing. and. Um, we execute the mission the right way, with then, and that would be the person that I would follow. Okay. What about you, Sergeant Parsons? What does it mean, you know, to be ready? Uh, and then, you know, you've got the, you know, so Specialist Salami's got to make sure he saw uh, the optics and everything that goes on that. You know, is straight. That's a, it's, you know, one of the most important weapons uh, in the squad. Uh, but what about you? You've got the added responsibility of your teammates, you know, the, the folks that you lead. So what does being ready mean for you? So for me, readiness is, yeah, I have to be ready. My stuff's got to be packed. But I'm more worried about, like, is there stuff ready? Is there stuff packed? And it's funny. I think that I'm the only dude almost in my entire squad that's not married that doesn't have a family. So it's like, but I'm, like, the youngest one, and I have, like, the most rank. So it's like, okay, like, is your family taken care of? Are you able to go? And, like, if we do go, like, if we had to leave right now, like, what problems would you have and how can we solve those problems right now? Yeah. And I think that that's a big thing because the training, we already have the training. The training's going to come. And if not, like, we're still going to figure it out. But that's, like, a big piece of it. How do you manage that? You know, one of the things I, I often think about, uh, and I do more than think about it. I've said it publicly. You know, um, uh, as we, you know, try our best, you know, to, to take care of our people. You know, I really do. I think about our team leaders out there, and I think about, you know, people just like you, Sergeant Parsons, that uh, aren't married, um, are young. Uh, you are you are more experienced, you know, than the person that I generally think about. Um, but but how, how is it leading and caring for families, you know, when you don't have one? It's interesting, you know, like before we left to go to Afghanistan, uh, my saw gunner, his wife came to the parking lot and she's got this baby. She's got a two-year-old or a one-year-old. And I'm like, wow. And I'm, hey, everything's going to be great. We're going to be back in a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. But like, he's good. And she's basically like, my husband better come back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting. How, how have you... Uh... I mean, so is this something you talk to your dad about? Always. Yeah. Like, for both of the IRF deployments, it was like, I called him and I'm like, hey, like, this is what I've got done. 
this is what I know about what don't I know what do I need to do and he always has like all of the answers yeah yeah that's pretty neat uh Kevin tell me what about you well you know we talk about readiness and the uh, brigade commander Colonel Kleisner he, you know, he made a comment he said you know everybody wants to say they're ready but there's a difference between just general readiness and being IRF ready yeah. and, and, and having soldiers and leaders and paratroopers in the right mindset that they're confident to uh, deploy and be surrounded by an unknown force uh, for doing a contingency operation or deploying for a humanitarian effort that has um, you know, a dynamic environment that to have that mental, mental readiness and capacity to sit there and do this mission. Um, and it's so much more than that. You know, this is again you know, the first experience to IRF and looking at everything that leads up to uh, being validated and, and showing, um, you know, that we are ready to uh, get that phone call. Um, has been impressive, especially. Now, do you have do you have family? I do. Yes, sir. I'm uh, married and have two kids, a ten year old and seven year old. Yeah. So how do you how do you and your wife how do you and your wife you know maintain the family readiness? So, my wife is Vietnamese, and uh, she's still, I mean, I still think she works her way around the Army. I'm still trying to figure out everything. Um, but it's something that they're used to. And it's, I wouldn't say used to, because this IRF deployment was unlike anything that I've ever been a part of. You normally have that, that target date on the wall, and everybody just slowly gets ready and mm -hmm. mentally prepares for this. And uh, they got their alert on the first day of school. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just a difficult day to say, hey, it's supposed to be a fun day when you go and take pictures and stuff. And to tell them, hey, I love you. You'll be taken care of. And, um, you know, we'll be back here soon. It was, uh, it was an experience. Yeah. And, um, but we're here. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're all stronger because of that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, November, um, you know, we celebrate more than Veterans Day. Veteran Day, you know, is an opportunity for us to, you know, to reflect on and to, to you know, thank those who serve our country. Um, but it's also the month of, you know, the military family. And, um, you know, being an Army, there are, uh, you know, I would tell you, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, uh, in the Army is a lot different, I think, than growing up uh, in the Army of the last 20 years. You know, in the last 20 years, uh, I have personally watched many of, you know, my peers, so my friends, um, you know, make decisions about, you know, leaving their families, uh, pick a place, um, but stabilizing the family uh, and, you know, having the soldier uh, move around. Uh, and a lot of that was because, you know, it was from one deployment, you know, to the next deployment, uh, to the next deployment. Um, and families really are, uh, you know, so I, I don't know what your dad, I, I'd love to talk to your dad. So uh, I'm going to, you, you're going to give me his contact info and I'm going to, I'm going to give him a call. Um, I would really love to, you know, love to talk to him. Um, but the big thing that all of you, you know, have to do, I mean, you know, Captain Gentleman with your own family is, you know, you got to make sure your family's prepared. Um, and then it's being responsible, 
you know, for other families, uh, you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, they are prepared uh, for what you all are, for what you all are doing. You know, as you uh, thought about, you know, coming in here today, and, you know, I'm not surprised, Special Salami, that uh, did all of you speak to the chief? Did all of you get to talk to the chief of staff of the Army? I was the only one there. You were the only one there? Uh, yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, this is. Uh, I know the people that are that are listening to this. You, know, you can't see Special Salami, Sergeant Parsons, or Captain Chelman, uh, but is uh, you know, you might imagine. Uh, you know, they represent the very, very best of of uh, you know of our army, um, or else they wouldn't be here. <laughs> I mean, it'd be be somebody else here. Um, and, you know, what I want you all to know is that, uh, you know, we wrestle with, you know, big problems in our Army, you know, um, most recently and for the last, you know, 20 months or so, it's been, you know, for you all, it's not only been being ready, but it's being ready uh, during, you know, a global pandemic uh, and all of the other things that, you know, we've asked of you. Um, and I, I really do think that, uh, you know, it's amazing, you know, what you and your leaders, you know, have done uh, to get us here. Um, and I really do want you to, you know, Special Salami, do pass along. Uh, and I'll talk to your dad, too. Uh, I bet you he's got some. Does he come visit? Uh, not really. No? We should get him down here to visit. What about yours? Have your parents been down to visit? Oh, they have come a few times, sir, mainly to pick up my cars whenever we leave. Whenever you leave? Yeah. You guys don't put them in a, they don't have a big lot for you to store them in anymore? I think that they do, but we don't. You don't want to do that with your car? I don't, I'm not sure the process or how it happens. It's just normally whenever we leave, we just leave them at the company and we leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, so as we kind of close this, this thing out, uh, you know, you have an opportunity I don't know how many people are going to listen to this. It may just be, you know, my wife and my son will listen to it. You know, I got a, I got a, I got a boy who's out of Second Ranger Battalion, lieutenant out there. He likes listening to this stuff. My daughter will probably listen to it too. So that's two people for me. Um, I don't know about you guys. You know, we got to get our Ashley. We got to get our listenership up. Working on it, sir. Yeah, yeah. But you know, as uh, as you all think about, you know, the preparation you did for this thing today, what was it? that you wanted to make sure that you got to say? Well, me personally, um, I said the same thing to Task and Berbers when I talked to them. Um, I just want people to read the story of what we did in Afghanistan and how things happened, because um, I know like not a lot of people read military stories, so they don't know what they're military can do or like what their arm is doing for them. So that's one of the things that I really uh, won't be able to focus on to um, try and see and watch what their military is doing for them. Um, and the other thing is just thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, well thank you for hanging out with us. Sir <laughs> Parsons? You know sir, definitely like Special Zombie said, thanking you for the opportunity to come over and talk to you, but I was more worried about saying the wrong thing versus what I really wanted to get out, so. That's good, that's good. I mean, you know, I tell you, in this day and age, um, and especially in the positions that you're in, it is important to be mindful of, of what you say, and it's important to be mindful um, of your audience. Um, 
And, you know, it's, I'm amazed that, you know, a young sergeant team leader, uh, you know, is astute enough and mature enough uh, to be thinking about that <laughs> again you know I can't wait to I can't wait to meet all of your I can't wait to meet your parents or actually uh, you know your wife now uh, and the two kids um, you know one of the things that I do so last week I had um, uh, he may be hell he may be in your unit um, I had uh, specialist coke and his wife over for dinner and I had uh, a captain and a lieutenant and another uh, captain so three couples and they're all, uh, two of them were kids of people that I know. And there's lots of kids on this base that, uh, uh, whose parents I know very, very well. And, you know, uh, I try to get them over to the house uh, so I can spend some time with them. And, um, you know, I'll try and do the same thing with you all. Like I said, I really would be interested in meeting your dad, uh, Gunner. What about you, Captain Gentleman? as you thought about this thing? What'd you want to make sure you got to say? for anyone who listens, or even for you and the people in the room, that, you know, myself and you know, all the uh, the leaders within the brigade and, and, you know, throughout the division, that how impressive, you know, the term, you know, little group of paratroopers actually is a thing. And to see, you know, people like Alami and Sergeant Parsons, you know, take their small group and accomplish what seemed like an impossible task at the time um, is so impressive and motivating to sit there and be like, hey, this is this is what I want to do and I want to keep on doing this and people should feel, you know, lucky that you know they have people like them serving. And it's um that's what I hope people get out of this is that, you know, the army is made up of everything. And uh, it's truly Amazing to hear hear the stories coming out of uh, the paratroopers here. Yeah, and um, no, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, for me, this is you know just a, a great hour that I get to spend. You know, listening to you all and uh, gaining you know kind of your insights and and perspective because it's you know it's something that I have to fight for, right? So I have to invite you guys over here and. And uh, this really isn't a podcast. This was just an opportunity. I, I, I'm, this is my way to get you over here to, you know, pick your brains a little bit and talk to you. It really is a podcast. We'll, we'll see. Again, we'll see how many people, how many people uh, listen to this thing. Hey, I, I want all three of you to know that I'm just uh, one. I'm grateful uh, for your service. You know, uh, and and I really do need you as you talk to your peers. Um, I really do need you to remind them that. You know, we are part of, you know, the American public and population. Uh, and, you know, the one thing that is a little bit concerning to me is, um, you know, the distance, you know, between uh, America uh, and her army uh, in some cases. You know, we live behind, uh, you know, fences and big gates. Um, and we're not, as, we're not as accessible, you know, as we used to be. And there are people out there who think they know uh, something about the Army, but they really don't. Uh, and it's our responsibility, you know, I think, as we talk to our friends, uh, you know, people that we know, people that we've grown up with, to share our stories uh, with them. Um, it is just a, it's, it's a pleasure, you know, for me to sit down, you know, with you all for an hour. I mean, this is a big, this is, a, this is a, you know, the best part of my day. 
you know, given everything else that, uh, that I'm going to do, uh, and that's spending time with all of you. Uh, so thanks, you know, for your service, for what you all do. Uh, please pass along, you know, to your parents and for you, Captain Chelman, you know, to your wife, um, you know, my thanks for uh, their service because it's not just you, you know, that's serving, it's, uh, it's your families uh, as well. Ashley, thanks. And Thank you, sir. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. And don't forget that in between episodes, you can find all of your Forcecom news on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And we'll see you next time on the front line.